G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The story. People will tell you things that they've never told anyone before. They're in a vulnerable position because of their health. And uh, we walk in as a chaplain and uh, they start telling you things, you know. I remember one instance where a man said he'd hurt himself and he felt, I was, what's the use in doing anything, you know, and if I can't do anything like I used to. I said, well, God can always give you something to do. And went in the next day and he was able to lift his arm up. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, Graham Rulon has been led by the Lord to serve in a variety of ways with a variety of ministries over the years. He's always had a servant's heart and has always made himself available to do whatever was needed, even when it wasn't always convenient for him. Today, he'll share some of his ministry adventures and how God has helped him and his family overcome various challenges over the years. Graham's having a chat with Shelley Scowen. You really have had just an interesting life, and uh, I guess that's just why I wanted to have a chat to you today. Uh, you started off, uh, obviously, early life. You, you were brought up in a Christian home, were you? Yes, we, we belong to the, uh, our family belongs to the Nunda Baptist Church, and that's where I spent my early childhood, my teenage years, and um, was married in the church. In terms of my lifetime, it wasn't a long time, but it was all those formative years, which uh, certainly has an impact on your life. Absolutely, and I'm sure you're very grateful for the grounding that you were given in those early years. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we yeah. did all sorts of things <laughs> in the 60s. As you did in the 60s. You had way more fun back then. Ah, yes. It was an interesting time of uh, the culture. Yes, I'm sure. Definitely. So you grew up there. Uh, you worked as an apprentice cook for a while uh, and you got married and you started studying. And I, I know you have lots of stories to tell about uh, the crazy times of when you were studying an early married life. Yes, that's right. Well, I, uh, I left school at 14, which meant I didn't have my any high school education. And so later in my uh, life, I thought I really need to be educated to get a better work. I was planning on going to public service and climbing ladders and things and uh, so I went to night school for, for four years and uh, got my adult matriculation and uh, was going to go to university and decided I'd take a year off and have, they call them gap years this, year, this stage of the culture but um, we just took a year off, that's how we described it Yeah. and um, in that time I was, uh, believe God was calling me into theological college. And uh, because I had my adult matriculation, I didn't have to do any extra study. I just went straight into the course. So wow. that was uh, God's leading as well. Yeah. But life wasn't real rosy then. You uh, obviously got married. And I-, I believe you were married in about the time that you were doing your theological study? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, we were married in 1970 and I went into college in 1975. Right. And uh, through the first two years... We were assigned to a few churches in Brisbane and Ipswich yeah. as a student. Then we went up to Rockhampton. I was a assistant, assistant minister there in a um, what's a very untypical Baptist church because there were four actual buildings 
that uh, we'd looked after in Rockhampton and I was doing my theological studies as well and running backwards and forwards to Brisbane to college. Wow. And uh, our eldest son uh, was born and uh, he was five weeks old when we went to Rockhampton. And uh, so we had him and our eldest daughter was born in Rockhampton. So we had two young children who we were driving up and down between Rockhampton and Brisbane and uh, studying and trying to um, minister in a church. And it's a very interesting time, plus writing a thesis. Oh, we had the right do in those days um, for our ordination. Right. It was a six-year course. So... Wow. And, of course, trying to make ends meet financially as well. Ah, yes. You didn't get paid very much as a student pastor in those days. Um, and the travel and new family and all that. But we, we, we managed and we managed to have a holiday each year. And, it was uh, yes, it was very, very interesting. And <laughs> uh, our, our eldest daughter was born in May and we had to have our first draft of the thesis. In on the 31st of May in 1980 and uh, uh, she was born on the 2nd of May and my wife was, uh, Barbara was typing the thesis on a manual typewriter and if you made a mistake you had to start again, you oh, couldn't no. uh, wipe it out or anything and uh, it was quite large and, uh, and, we, and the senior minister went away on holidays and of course as is the usual when the senior minister goes away the, the assistant minister gets all the work. <laughs> That's exactly what you need with a newborn baby in the house. And a thesis to do. Yeah. <laughs> so it was very, very testing times, and uh, but uh, we managed to survive and get through it and got ordained in the September 1980. It was character building, was it? Uh, that's what some people could describe it as. <laughs> <laughs> Brings about perseverance. <laughs> yes, or something, yes, or um, too much work. Yeah. But as you say, yeah, you did survive. You did get through it. And I think in times like that, I think we can all identify with times that we just were thinking, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. How am I going to do it? But you just do. Like you just get through one day at a time, sometimes one hour at a time, and you just do get through it. Yes, and of course we were a lot younger then too. (laughs) Yes. Makes a difference. Obviously you really enjoyed being a pastor. Oh, yes, it was very enjoyable. We had a great youth group that I was looking after and we travelled around the area in central Queensland doing youth rallies and we started a puppet ministry and uh, we had camps for children and it was just uh, an amazing time. We just had a a wonderful time there and, uh, yeah, I look back with fondness to that time uh, and how God provided and and assisted us in our ministry and after five years um, we received a call to go to New South Wales um, at Taree and uh, we became the, the solo pastor as we were called in Taree in those days and um, again that was a very an interesting experience. We um, yeah, Subsequent we had our third child, daughter, and uh, she was born and had a serious illness um, almost died and was very, very ill and born with a disability which was undiagnosed for five years, uh, about five years. And uh, we were, my wife and her were going to Sydney regularly for treatment and she was in and out of hospital and we're trying to look after two other children, run a church. We had a vision when we went to the, the church to start a Christian community school 
and uh, God provided some other people who had the similar vision. Wow. So uh, in 1985, uh, the Tari Christian Community School started with 27 students in a small um, facility and uh, now there's now I just visited there last Friday actually and uh, it's an amazing setup with a church facility and uh, a, a Christian college and goes right through from kinder to year 12 and wow. and uh, many many students have gone through there in the last 30 years. <laughs> wow that must have been so rewarding for you to drop in and see the impact that it's had. Yes it's uh, it was something we didn't really you know we had a this when you go to a Baptist church, um, the minute the pastoral team, deacons who are interviewing, you always would like to know what you're going to do for the church. You know, you have to do something. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my vision was uh, the Christian Community School and uh, an evangelism program, and uh, and uh, we started those. And the school started with the support of other people and the people in the church, and uh, now has a very, has had a very extensive ministry in the town. Wow. All those years. Mm. Yeah. But then you moved on from Tari, basically out of necessity to look after Marissa? That's right, yeah. We, we'd we been looking. We'd travelled all over Australia, South Australia, Victoria and New South Wales. We made inquiries up here in Queensland and we found a school at Victory Pop at the Glen Leiden School, which uh, was for children with speech and language disorders, which Marissa had very severe one. And, um, and she, she went there and... Uh, was cared for and uh, the therapy which was all multidisciplinary therapy uh, really helped her to um, talk and uh, be the kind of person she is today 31 years later. Yeah I mean she answered the phone when I called you today so (laughs) she's obviously doing well and uh, yeah she's a lovely lovely girl and such a blessing to your family. Yes well she's made an impact on a lot of people and it and what and that Actually, I'd, I'd applied for a lot of ministries apart from because we didn't think we could continue in the local church with the family situation the way it was at that time. Mm. And we were applying for a lot of ministries and you could almost hear the door close when uh, it brought, was brought up about the family. Really? And um, which was in one respect sad, but it was again God's timing and leading and, and I saw the, an ad for the a regional manager for Compassion Queensland. Mm-hmm. And I got out the old CV and just sent it off like I'd done many times before. And um, for whatever reason, they saw something in us and our family and our connection with a, a, a child who had suffered enormously. And uh, because compassion was reaching out to suffering children around the world. And uh, yeah. so we were um, we were successful in being appointed as the Queensland Regional Manager and we had 15 years in that role and um, we saw an amazing growth in the uh, ministry and uh, also a key component of that was travelling to different countries to see the work and to get stories to relate back to the people in Australia to encourage them to sponsor children. Wow, so that must have been pretty amazing for you. Oh, it was like, there's a number of instances of too many to mention this morning but... Um, one in particular was a. we went to Rio de Janeiro in Brazil and we went to visit a, a rubbish dump where a church was ministering to the community there that lived on the dump and they had a holistic approach to the ministry which like Compassion has, it's a holistic you know, ministry to children and, 
helping them educated and keep them healthy and all that sort of thing. And this church was there and it had a had dental chairs. Dentists came out from uh, Rio to uh, look after the people, had doctor surgery. It had accommodation for people who came down from the United States to help minister in the community. And it was just an amazing to see the people who, you know, worked in a very, very horrible environment, you know, and a dangerous environment as well, not just a horrible, it was a very dangerous, it was run, you know, drug lords run these places to get people to carry drugs and, you know, poverty is very cruel in those places, you know, it um, damages people in all sorts of ways. Mm. Yeah, so for you to know that you are being part of the solution must have been pretty amazing. And again, the weight of responsibility of, you know, wanting to do your job well to help more people as well. Mm, that's right, yeah. yeah. So there's a lasting legacy there that um, we're thankful to God that we're being able to uh, connect lots of um, ministries, lots of people to, to their child and the other thing we also, it was a great encouragement, we supported a lot of ministries here in, and uh, one in particular was AGMF, Australian Gospel Music Festival, and then turned into Easter Fest, of which Compassion became one of the major sponsors, and we sponsored a lot of children through there. Okay. And uh, Compassion Day on radio we started, and that my colleague in Adelaide and myself, we did a, because I had a bit of an interest in Christian radio from way back in Rockhampton days. Yeah. And uh, we did a trial of, uh, it was really funny because we did a recording with Peter Shirley and he said, ring Graham now and uh, sponsor a child was the end line. And uh, they played it in the middle of the night on 96.5. Oh, no. <laughs> and someone rang me about two o'clock in the morning, you know, and they answered <laughs> the phone and he said, I want to sponsor a child. I said, when did you hear about sponsorship? But he said, they just said it on radio and they said, ring Graham now. I went, oh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, but it was, you know, again, it's a, a blessing because it was really had an, a great impact on compassion and, and Christian radio that we, you know, to support the Ministry of Christian Radio in Australia. It was a very significant time, I believe. You're listening to The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is having a chat with Graham Rulon about his life serving in a variety of roles at a variety of ministries. We'll hear more of his story when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're back with more of Shelley Scowan having a chat with Graham Rulon about his life journey serving at a variety of ministries. Next, we'll hear how his lifelong compassion for children led him to serve at his next ministry. Graham, you obviously have that passion for children who need our help. That's right. Yeah, we, we used to use the expression that we, we knew the, the lengths we went to to care for our daughter was special needs mm. and uh, what we did for her and if she'd been born in another country she wouldn't have survived and we know what we did for her and so it was uh, not only a ministry it, we had a very personal connection with 
supporting and helping children in need in developing countries. And uh, so uh, Watoto had been using compassion. Uh, we'd had displays at the Compassion con at the Watoto concerts for uh, compassion and uh, sponsoring children, but they had their own sponsorship program that they'd worked at running in other countries, and so they wanted to start their own um, sponsorship program here in Australia. So I left Compassion and. Uh, uh, after a holiday and a bit of a break, we uh, joined uh, Watoto to help set up their sponsorship program and uh, they sponsored babies, children, um, mothers that looked after the children in the Watoto homes and school teachers and then they started the women's ministry up in the northern town in uh, Uganda, Kukukulu, where a lot had been abused and taken captive as um, taken and kidnapped by the soldiers from uh, an army that uh, was running rampant in northern Uganda, and uh, we we had helped them recover. So there was a was quite an involved sponsorship program, um, and we set that up and set the processes in place. And uh, after four years, when I left there, um, there was over a million dollars going to Uganda, wow. which we had to uh, you know monthly send uh, divide up the money appropriately to the right people and yeah. ensure that uh, you know each, each person was getting the correct support through the money that was being given by Australian sponsors so it was quite a quite a task so starting from nothing again and mm. uh, that seemed to be God's way of dealing with me and my ministry as I look back I've you know started things from nothing like that there was no one in compassion in Queensland and with Toto uh, we tried we started a Christian radio station in Rockhampton um, you know, all these things started from right from the beginning, the Christian school, and it just seems that that's how God's led us, in the, you know, over the time. God leads you into a place to get something started and then takes yeah. you from there into the next into place to get one. something else started. <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah, I mean, it's obviously paid dividends as well because you must have obviously started it well and then passed it on to the right people as well and reaping the rewards of all of that. The work of Watoto really is quite unique, how they – they cater to so much of the community. Like you mentioned, it's not just the kids that get the sponsorship. It's the women that care for them like mothers. They they basically, they call them the house mother or something, don't they? That's right, yeah. Where the they take mother. the vulnerable women yeah. and basically give them a family to care for. And, yeah. uh, it's just such a unique setup that is just seeing amazing transformation in the lives and in the community there. Yeah, that's right. So the women that look after the children basically are uh, widows or... Uh, not, not never married women, and you know, in the, in Uganda, that's pretty hard going. You know, there, there's not the social security systems that operate in places like Australia, and so um, these women are brought in and, and are cared for. And one of the interesting thing was that uh, we, while we were in there in Watoto, that they developed a retirement place for the, the women who wow. no longer look after the children who got old. And needed care for themselves, so they had a little home for them, you know, to be looked after. So they had a very holistic view of, of you know, caring. So it fitted what I thought was a, you know, a good way of of doing things and caring yeah. for people. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, we got to hear the Watoto kids sing a lot. Oh, <laughs> and yes, travel around you... Australia with them in different places. I think that was worth taking the job just for that. Those kids are just precious, aren't they? 
Yes, and the only trouble was I couldn't uh, sing and dance like them. That was the only problem. <laughs> they showed me up. I'm sure they would. Yeah, I wouldn't even try. <laughs> no, no. Oh, we had to. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, they are just gorgeous and immensely talented as well. Oh, they they really can sing and they really can dance. They're amazing. That came to an end. Um, and again, I thought I'd just, you know, fade into the... Uh, <laughs> the Great Blue Yonder or something, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and um, we heard about a role uh, of uh, the Baptist uh, care people, and they, now known as Carinity, wanting a, um, a Baptist chaplain at the PA hospital for the first ever being appointed there as a chaplain. And uh, I thought, oh, well, that sounded interesting. And I'd been around the hospital a lot with our daughter. Yeah. And, uh, and lots of encounters in overseas things, you know, and nothing really fazed me in terms of issues, you know, because I've learned to deal with them. Mm. And um, we um, applied and never heard anything, and I thought, oh, I'll get that nice letter, you know, that everyone writes, and thanks for your thing, and thanks for your application, and wish you all the best for your future ministry, and yeah. uh, which I'd had before. <laughs> And uh, next minute I had a phone call and would I go for an interview and went for the interview and two days later I had a phone call saying we'd like to appoint you as the first okay. ever Baptist chaplain again. I'm into the first things again, which is really interesting, the way in which God has led us and uh, developed the ministries around it. So we've been there nearly three years now and it's just absolutely amazing uh, yeah. the, the things you um, people will tell you things that they've never told anyone before. They're in a vulnerable position because of their health. And uh, we work in, walk in as a chaplain and uh, mm. they, uh, oh, you know, thanks for coming. And they start telling you things, you know. Mm. So just, they'll be able to share with people and, and, and we really treat them, each person, for who they are. You mm. know? It's quite, quite interesting. There's quite a good team of chaplains in the hospital the hospital and uh, are very supportive of the role of chaplains to take in the hospital in the recovery process for patients and you know and, and dealing with their specific needs and that's great i remember one instance where a man said he, you know, he'd hurt himself and he felt i was what's the use in doing anything you know and if i can't do anything like i used to he was an older fellow and um i said well you know now God can always give you something to do. There's always something, you know, you'll be able to do. Yeah. And went in the next day and he was able to lift his arm up. Huh. <laughs> and we prayed, you know, and just, just those sort of simple things. And uh, I've had people who've returned to church and and things like that. You just, uh, you just never know because a lot of the people you see as a, as a chaplain in the hospital uh, are a one-sort thing. Yeah. You no, know, it's just they're just there for a short time. Others that we have long-term associations with, especially in cancer-related illnesses and things, you know. Yeah. And just to be able to be there and... Walk the journey with them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that's part of what the chaplain's there for, you know, is to just walk that thing. And if the people are um, open to talking, um, you know, and again, I've had some amazing instances where people want to know spiritual things and... They might not have thought about them or talked about them for years, you know. So it's quite, it's quite interesting. Mm. Yeah, it is. It's an amazing opportunity for you to be there 
if nothing else, you're being the salt and light and you're being a presence there, let alone the conversations and the love that you're able to share with the people there. I think it's a wonderful ministry that you're able to have in the hospitals there. The other thing I was thinking is that it, it's kind of gone full circle for you from going frontline ministry, being a pastor in early life, to then doing a lot of administrative kind of roles that's, you know, next line back from frontline. And now you're back to that frontline ministry. It's amazing how God works. Yeah, that's right. In the chaplaincy area, we just pray, stay, God lead us to the right people at the right time. Mm. And uh, it's a prayer that's answered regularly. Yeah. It just amaz- it amazes me. It still, it still takes my breath away. Well, thanks so much, Graham, for sharing yeah. just a, a cursory glance of your life. I'm yeah. sure it's been an encouragement to many. Yes. We won't say how long that has been. <laughs> <laughs> long enough. Yeah, long enough. But, um, yeah, and thanks for the opportunity. That was Shelley Scowen chatting with Graham Rulon about his life journey serving in a variety of roles at a variety of ministries. And as we've heard, he's always had a servant's heart, always willing to serve in whatever way the Lord led him, even when it wasn't always convenient for him. But great will be his reward. As it says in the Bible, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. Also, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. Well, thanks for joining us for Graham's inspirational story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. He was a violent dad in some cases. One of the worst situations that I could live with him was when I was 12 years, he wanted to kill himself in front of us. So it was a, a difficult situation, but then God began to change many things in the life of my father. Now my father became a Christian. Solani Castablanco is from Colombia and grew up in a poor family with violence and a suicidal father. However, the trajectory of her life was radically changed when she became a sponsored child with compassion. We'll hear the amazing way her life was changed forever next time. The story. story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.